What's going on, all you dads out there and all you moms? Welcome to the Fade You podcast. This is episode 128. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to our show. We hope you enjoy it. Follow us on Twitter at Fade You Sports, and we'll get to the Twitter handles of all the guys here in just a second. My name is Matthew James. I am the host of your show today, the ringleader of this circus, so to speak. Follow me on Twitter at MatthewJames78. Kmart, if you were a circus animal, follow him on Twitter at Kmart's underscore angles. Kyle, if you were a circus animal, what would you be? I think with my hair right now, I'd be a lion. <laughs> Just so much of it, but um i don't know you could you could argue a koala um could argue a tiger i don't know there's so so many animals come to mind but yeah i don't know what what do you think i should be see i thought kyle should be like the little monkey that crawls on your shoulder dude's shoulder <laughs> that's clara <laughs> and goes and like picks pockets people and stuff like that <laughs> i feel like that's kmart for sure that's what I am to you as a boo. Yeah. I'll come climb on your shoulder next week. And you come <laughs> climb my shoulder and I give you a little treat. Here you go, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's about right. I like cheese. Oh, goodness. Uh, he is at Kmart's underscore angles on Twitter. Chris Duke is at HazmatSuit23. Chris, if, if you were a circus animal, other than just the smelliest one, what would you be? dung beetle maybe a fucking elephant or some shit because i have a fucking epic poopy memory you know and uh i like to just uh throw around balls with my trunk my long trunk <laughs> well i don't know what to i don't know what to do with that <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah follow him at hazmat suit 23 he bets a lot of poop, and uh, sometimes it goes well, and sometimes you just step in it. Uh, but more on that Rockets later. Rockets bang poopy. Yes. The... <laughs> you bang it? Yeah, they just – they're down by three with one second. They have the ball, and they got offensive rebound. The worst team in the league, catching points at home. Let's go. He loves those. Yeah, if you like, if you like betting on bad teams – and taking a lot of points, then you'll like following Chris Duke. Uh, Neil, the Bucket Boy is here at Big Nelly Buckets on Twitter. Neil, what about you? Circus Animal, what would you be? Hey, I, I thought Chris was going to leave me the elephant, and it's pretty clear because <laughs> an elephant tusk resembles a penis with foreskin. <laughs> like 100%, right? So I, it's an elephant. I guess, you <laughs> a, I guess you could be a giraffe then. That's a neck. Uh, got a long uh, neck in a hood for a head. A long neck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this would be funny or if it would look like it's out of nightmares, but if someone were to Photoshop the Fade You group in a circus tent and your dumb faces on all the animals and me with the fucking whip standing in the middle trying to <laughs> trying to keep it all going, <laughs> to keep us on the rails. 
We appreciate you, Matt, though. Oh, I try. I try. It's difficult sometimes, but I try. Anyways, we are recording on Monday, March 28th, and um, it's kind of an interesting time in the sports calendar. We have college basketball winding down. We are down to the final four with only three total games remaining, and we have two professional leagues gearing up for postseasons. Uh, we have the Masters coming up in April in just a couple short weeks. So once college basketball ends, we will really turn the page and start to focus on uh, other things. And, oh, by the way, Major League Baseball got their shit together, and they will be playing here in just a couple of short weeks. No, not even like a week and a half, right? Week and a half. This is it the April 7th? April 8th. 6th, 7th, 8th? What is it? I thought it was the sixth was opening there a handful of games. I just know the Dodgers play on the eighth. Okay. Well, I don't think every team plays on on the new yeah on opening, opening day, day they right? Don't. Okay. Yeah, no, they don't. So it's a it's a um, smaller, lighter slate of opening day games, and then you know teams will have their home openers in the days that follow. But we're not going to talk about baseball here on this show. Although we will soon, uh, we'll have to get to win totals. Neil, have you bet any win totals? I have two win totals that I bet while we're, we were out in Vegas. Um, more research to come, but I'll just throw them out real quick. The, De- the Detroit Tigers over 78 and a half. And then the good old Los Angeles Dodgers over 99 and a half. Should Dude, be I got 97 and a half. You paid, did you pay a lot of juice, though? It's like minus 115, so not crazy. Oh, that's not bad. I like that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like our book had – you're right, Kyle. Our book had 97 and a half, but I don't remember what the ju- – I only looked because Neil's kind of daring me to bet the under, and I'll I'll wait till all you homers Dude, bet. Dude, why don't you bet the over? It's a win-win for you. No, it's not. There's yeah, no winning is. in that. You win money or you just lose money, but you get the laugh. Money – will not pay for the hatred I feel in my soul and uh, leave it at that more on MLB here soon. We'll have to get, we'll have to get Joe back and we'll talk some MLB win totals and how we're going to alert. We do have, um, we do have an exciting guest coming up later this week. We're going to record with Taylor Mathis who works for the Superbook. We met her out in Vegas a couple well, a weekend ago for the tournament. So we're going to have her on. She's a big NBA prop better and, uh, big Cubs fan, big baseball fan. So can't wait to talk to her. Look for that uh, at the end of this week or early next week. So what we do want to talk about here tonight, though, is um, the final four, because we have one more weekend of college basketball left, really just two days. We have two games on Saturday, and then we got a natty here in a week from today. And Kyle, I remember you looking at me in Vegas and saying, it's going to be Arizona versus Gonzaga. And I feel like that was a very popular opinion. And, you know, we, we didn't get any Dude, real, was... we didn't get any real surprise teams, but we did get four of the, um, I guess, more relevant programs here in the last several years. Yeah. So not surprising in that regard, but I guess how surprised are you that it's not, there's no Arizona and no Gonzaga, two teams that people really pegged. To have at least one. I mean, I'm more excited because it's just like I know there's a lot of like, oh, Duke, UNC, Kansas, Nova, but to me, parity seemed to like finally be back. There seemed to just not be that much. I mean, even watching St. Peter's, 
you know, they have some athletes on that team. Um, you know, steam ran out yesterday, but you know, that's going to happen. I don't know. Like it's a deep part of me that just, you know, likes Arizona for whatever reason, but, you know, just looking through the brackets, it just, I couldn't see, I just couldn't see it or I didn't want to see it. I don't, I don't know which one it was. Like I, I, I at least had both of them and like two brackets losing in the final four, but I just couldn't see them not getting there, but you know, I'm, I'm not tripping. I had no money on it, so I don't give a shit one way or the other. It's just, I'm pretty excited about these two games on Saturday. I, I mean, I love the Duke UNC matchup. It's going to be fun and, you know, see what Nova can do against Kansas. Neil, how do you feel that we ended up with a Duke-UNC matchup in the Final Four? Very fitting to me, considering that the two teams have never met in the tournament before, and you get it on, you know, Coach K's final year. So I I got to think it's going to be the most, the most watched basketball, college basketball game probably of all time. Like, I feel like the ratings for this, they're going to trump the ratings for the actual national championship game this year, even if it's like a Duke, Kansas, you know, unless it's like Duke, Kansas um, and coach K gets to one more round, but um, I think it's great. I texted my buddy, my buddy, Nick, who's a huge Duke Homer. And I said, you know, this will probably Saturday will probably be the only time in my life where I'm actually rooting for Duke because I wanted to see Duke in North Carolina as a college basketball fan. Chris, are you on on board with these guys? Are you excited and think it's awesome that we get Duke UNC in the final four? Nah, I don't give a fuck. I guess it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, everyone gets fucking stoked when it's like Boston and New York, you know, and the Emma, you know, the ALCS or something like that's cool. I agree. Um, yeah, I think it's cool because you know North Carolina just fucked them up recently, so I know everyone's gonna probably look at the revenge angle from duke uh and it should be a good one it's a four point spread or so right now um you know it's funny because people are going to look at nc having that eight seed i don't know how in the fuck they got an eight seed but they uh, to me they should have been a four or five but it's going to be good i like it i just hope coach k gets fucked up and uh <laughs> you know the tar heels pull their cocks out and we'll see we'll get a good finals hey. Like for, for, for me, I, I just, it's more of the blue blood, you know, programs. That's what I'm excited about just to see schools that are just really good at basketball. Like I, it doesn't really matter that it's, it is who it is. It's just more of how do you not get excited? Cause we're going to have two, we should have two really good games on Saturday, you know, yesterday, basically two blowouts. One game was good for a half, but. I mean, these, these four-point spreads, I mean, I think it's just going to be right on those numbers for most of the game. Well, here's how you don't get excited. You don't get excited if you're sick and tired of Duke UNC being shoved down your throat every season for multiple months, and you're tired of ESPN just massaging Duke's nuts year after year after year maybe this is an unpopular opinion but i just yeah i i cringe and groan that we got this matchup i just think like i mean we're a california show do we need a pac-12 team in the final four no would it have been cool yes 
Duke UNC. I feel like I get that. I mean, that's a whole week's worth of programming when it happens during the regular season. And now we have to endure it in the final four. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion and people are super stoked for this because of the history. But I, I mean, it just does nothing for me at this point. Like, I don't care about the Coach K farewell. Don't know. I mean, I'll care about it either. I, I just don't have time to watch Sports Center. Like, I, I, I probably won't see any of this shit until Saturday. Like, I, I'm probably the only person on this podcast who really couldn't give a fuck about anybody else's opinion. Like, you know, a, about a game, how it's going to be played. I, I don't know. It, it's. I can't believe anybody on this show actually has time to watch sports center considering that I think we all hate ESPN at this point. No, I don't watch sports center. I just want, I'm just saying like, yeah, everyone's kept saying they want to see Duke, North Carolina. Like you said, I could give a fuck. Like I don't, I don't need to see any two teams. I just, like you said, I want a good game. It's cool. It's a rivalry. That's um, what I'm saying you know, though. Like but, it doesn't uh, matter about the, the opponents. Yeah. Like I get the whole narrative of Duke UNC. Like I totally, agree with what Matt is saying, but to me, it's, it happens to be them. They're two blue blood schools. They're going to give us a show. Like, is, is that not what we want in the final four is a fucking show? I think we're going to get one. Like wouldn't, wouldn't that kind of ease your hatred for the matchup and all the BS we have to listen to is that we're going to get the watch, which should be one hell of a basketball game. Yes, I just feel like I already had it. Like I, I'm good. I mean that that last game was great. It, like yeah. if it was UCLA, dude, that's that's way cooler in my opinion because that schools don't play each other. Yeah. And two other yeah. historic Texas schools. Tech cock something like yeah, that. I thought UCLA yeah. had them the other night, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. It's probably going to be a great. I hope it's a great game uh, because the Elite Eight games were not great. Uh, before we get to the other one, I mean, do, can we just? Can we talk about how the weekend games are kind of bad? I mean, was Saturday that bad? Well, yeah, I guess, I mean, you love clanks. I mean, but I guess Houston was down 10. It, it didn't seem like they really ever had a chance until it got, what, 42-40, but then they couldn't score. Um, and then Duke kind of ran away. with. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, the weekend games were pretty trash for, I mean, for an Elite Eight game. For teams to be elite, that wasn't elite play. Like by half of them. I, I mean, I do love clanks. So 50 to 44, that is going to make me feel some type of way. But I mean, Neil, you and I talked about this with Villanova. Like, I mean, that's one of the most efficient teams you're going to get. Like we talked about how they score or get fouled almost every time down. Houston holds them to 29% shooting and loses the game. Like that's, that's pretty, that's pretty bad basketball. Objectively speaking, yeah, that was bad basketball. That was that was that game was difficult to watch, even if you you know love clanks like as a basketball game. Um, you know they ran into a. I mean, for Villanova's sake, they ran into a Houston team that was probably could match them physically. Sort of a team that plays kind of almost positionless basketball. You know, similar to Villanova, and it was just one of those games where no one at no point did you think either team was ever going to sort of run away. Um, from the other, like neither team was finding looks. Neither team where they were just content to you know go to twenty four seconds and then try to find some offense. Um, 
you know, everything was clanking. Like we said, I think in our text thread, everything was clanking except for Villanova's free throws. Perfect. Which I think they ended was a 14 of 14. 15 of 15, 100%. 15 of 15. So, like, you think they scored 50 50 points and they went 15 and 15 from the line, you know? So they scored 35 points not from the line in that game. And, like, they made made 15 field goals and 15 free throws. 15 free throws. And there you go. Yeah, that's. So, yeah, that I mean, that game and then, you know, I don't know what Arkansas was trying to do, uh, but clearly not in the same league as Duke in that game. And then both games Sunday were a blowout. Kansas and Miami was close for a while. And then the second half, I mean, that is as dominant. I think Big Cat from Barstool, Chris, uh, you can tell me if you agree with this assessment. He, he uh, characterized it as a skull fucking what Kansas <laughs> did to Miami in the second half. Yeah, that was amazing, huh? Because you thought, you're like, damn, Miami's going to fucking hang here. And uh, Kansas looked like shit. And then, boom, you kept looking at the score. And holy moly, that got out of hand. They only scored 14 in the second half. Amazing. So, Den got got cute and went one and two on that game. Nice way to take the dog in the over first half, you idiot. So... We'll see, man. I'm I'm stoked. I'm gonna. I really want to see if this trend of the unge keeps coming in the final four, or see if they go off, um, and and go on a you know a point attack. So we'll see if they are firing the threes, or if these teams come out nice and tight and uh, come out clanking again. Anybody got an explanation for why the unders were just so dominant, both in the first half and for the full game uh, last Thursday through Sunday? I'd just say I think when you get to that type of play where there's technically not not much that separates you, you kind of do that feeling out process. Um, and then some teams were able to exploit it, like Duke, Arkansas. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think Kansas, Miami, that's the best explanation I can have for that second half is they kind of saw what they wanted to do. And then they made those adjustments in the second half and said, not here. But I, I think it's just a feeling out process because a lot of these teams don't play each other. You know, you just have game tape. But, I mean, the styles of plays these teams have been playing in this tournament, it's been a little different than, you know, what we've seen for, you know, their full body of work. Neil, anything to the set, change of setting different building, different environment with different fans. I mean, the pressure, like the increased yeah. pressure in this round, is there anything to that? I mean, you could, I mean, sitting back, you could probably say that all of them have a little something to do. I'm not sure the venue one, like I think the narrative on the venues is it's it's not till you get to the final four. Cause right now, like all these games were, were they weren't held in college campus sites, right? Where that'll hold, you know, even a big one, like 12,000 people, like they go to NBA arenas that are going to have, you know, 26 to 27,000. So you're not talking about like the massive, like they're going to the Superdome this weekend where they're going to have 80,000 people and they're, you know, propped up on a, you know, uh, moved in basketball court and, you know, where they're, where you really think that your sight lines and your vision and how far back fans are, et cetera, you know, could really change it. So I don't know about venue other than, you know, it's probably a little bit of everything. I don't know. Some of the games, you know, you sort of had teams that had some, 
contrasting styles of play. Um, the teams that are in are just, you know, Villanova, you had, you know, Michigan, you had some more defensive oriented teams, the, you know, Houston Cougars. It's like, I think, I feel like that there's teams when you're overly focused on defense and you're a defensive oriented team to begin with, you know, you saw it with St. Pete, you know, St. Pete was one of those teams that, you know, they hung their hat on defense and, you know, they kept big teams. They kept Purdue down. They, you know, even the Kansas or um, Kentucky, Kentucky, you know, Kentucky in the first one, like St. Pete kind of for a small school, they, they kept some big programs down, you know? So I, I think just you focus on defense and it just sort of won out this weekend. I, I, it's interesting going into, you know, the final four here, you have a Duke and North Carolina, two teams that will want to play similar style. They want to get up and down. They want to shoot threes. They want to get, you know, get to the rim real quick. And then you have almost, you know, two teams with, completely contrasting styles with between Villanova and Kansas. Um, so, you know, if you want, I know we talked about football a little bit with the correlated parlay, but I got to feel like that Kansas Villanova game is going to be a little correlated that if it's a, if any team scores in the seventies, it's probably Kansas. So it would lead you to a can, you know, to a Kansas and over versus potentially then, you know, a, a Villanova, a Villanova win and cover in a game that, you know, 58 to 55 or something like that. Yeah. If Nova can hold Kansas to the low sixties or something like that, but um, Kyle, are you surprised at how Duke, I, I feel like on the last pod, you mentioned Duke's improving defense. They're still only 45th in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm, which tells you that they didn't really play awesome defense for being one of the better schools in the country for most of the season. Are you surprised at how much they've improved in some of these games? Yeah. I mean, there's two factors and that's what I was alluding to like Ken Palm. I'm pretty sure has full body of work, you know, from game one, like I would, I wish like the one thing and I would pay a hundred dollars instead of $20 a year for a shit, even probably more is if I could just filter X amount of games from February one or whatever it is and see where that ranks. Cause I guarantee you it's, it's a lot better than 45th, but I mean, even at 45th, when you, when you look at their style of play, they have so many more possessions than the average team. You know, if you look at those other 44 teams ahead of them, you know, you could start to, to argue it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the reason why going in, I thought Duke had a chance is offensively, they're one of the best. If they're hitting their threes, I don't know if he can stop them. And defensively, they've, they've come together. I don't know if, I don't know if it has to do with, you know, wanting it more for their coach or if, you know, they just came together, you know, as a group, as Neil talked about in the last pod, you know, just a lot of these teams have been playing together. So they just needed, you know, 20 games to get familiar with each other. Chris, I am holding a Kansas 15 to one future from July. How do you hedge that at this point? Oh, dad. I mean, it's kind of a good position. You know, they're always going to be the favorite, you know, so uh, you got to sprinkle a little bit right on the, uh, the perrito on uh, Villanova catching the four and a half. And, uh, well, the question always is when you've got a future like that, 
how much is it to win, you know? Because if it's to win a ton, you got to hedge. If it's to win, you know, is it to win like a thousand or what? It's to win 600. 600. So, yeah, you could do like a little bit on Villanova to win at least, uh, you know, 100, 200. That way, uh, you know, you've got to cover your bet and you, you come out, got to come out a winner. So do you do Villanova to win it all, or do you just do them to win this one game? Because this is, a, I mean, we don't talk about futures a lot, but these are good discussions yeah. to have for if somebody's holding a ticket where you get down to conference championships in the NFL, for example, or something like that. Kyle, Neil, any any advice yeah. for how someone would hedge? I mean, position? I don't, I don't have your fifteen to one ticket, but I have like an eight to one ticket on Kansas. Um, thanks to you and bringing it up. So, yeah, I was like, screw it. Matt's, I, I don't do futures. I usually rely on you guys. And then I do a little gut feeling. I was like, yeah, that, that feels good. I like that. Um, but I, I took Nova plus four and a half. So maybe I win them both, but I think that's the perfect hedge. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket and go Nova money line like a greedy piece of shit that I am, but you know, take the points and shit. Maybe, maybe you get lucky and win them both. And then you can obviously, if they make it to, cause Kansas is favored over UNC for sure. And probably yeah, a small say, favorite against Duke. Probably like a point and a half. I mean, a two seed versus a one seed. Yeah, I don't it know. would be I mean, marginal. Points. Yeah. Yeah. Close to a pick them. Yeah. You never know, but you'll get, it's not like you're going to be laying a bunch of juice. Yeah. Going back to the skull fucking that Kansas put on Miami, Kyle, you got to be impressed with your boy from ASU, Remy Martin, who had an injury during the season and has really, really been valuable for Kansas in this run of the Final Four. I mean, for for a great player, man, he's got an ugly shot. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's, it's low. I mean, it's it's almost. It's almost as if he were Kyler Murray, you know, just super short and just trying to like get it. Cause it, it, it reminds me of a five-year-old shot when he just doesn't have the strength to get it there. No, it's his just, pull, his pull-up jumper, his pull-up jumpers look like Shaq's free throws yeah. where he's just shooting a line drive that he hopes just hits the back of the rim and falls right in. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, but amazing player. Lo- love to see it. You know, six man brings the energy, clamps down. Um, guess, and if guess- I can just give Kyle and I a shout out, man, I went back and I listened. So Kyle and I did our, our college basketball preview pod months ago before the tip off. Back in and October, right? Yeah, October, November. Tip off. And we broke down some conferences and we didn't, neither one of us went through the whole big 12 but at the end of that we talk we talk about kansas by itself and you know i had thought from the very beginning that if bill self could figure out how to incorporate remy martin into the offense as not the primary scorer like he had to be at asu but just a supplemental piece for all the other you know talented guys that they had that Kansas was going to be the team that I thought like was going to win it all. I only filled out one bracket. It has Kansas winning. I don't have a future on it, um, but kudos to Bill Self. Like I, I didn't think Remy Martin would be the guy to come off, you know, to come off the bench, but man, when that guy comes off the bench as just like an electric firecracker, if he's on, 
that this team's going to win the national championship and it's going to be because of Remy Martin because no one else has a six man that's like that. So, um, that I mean, that's my take on Kansas. I do think I, I think that they're favored and I think that they're better as far as your your future ticket. This would be the game that concerns me, you know, against Nova because of that sort of style of of play that Nova plays. And if they, you know, have that dominating defensive performance, I think versus a Duke versus North Carolina, even though I, you know, you're laying a smaller number, I'd feel more comfortable in that type of game because I feel like North Carolina, you know, has the experience to, to beat a Duke North Carolina. This would be actually the game that would concern me because the style of play is just, is so different from what they're going to see in the next game. Like Matt, like, I mean, I, I would, I mean, at 15 to one, I would honestly, I would just like, say you put a hundred bucks on Kansas. I would just put $200 on the spread because therefore you're not taking too much of a chunk in it. I mean, you still have a four point middle. And I mean, if, if Villanova does knock them out, you at least profit a hundred bucks or, you know, at least double whatever, you know, you, you bought it bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's but you know obviously there, there's still a risk you know underlying that but I personally that's that's kind of what my thought was when I I took Nova but I actually think they have a damn good chance to win the game outright. Well, it's like Chris said, it depends on the size of the bet, right? Like you don't want right. to you don't want to take too much out of your potential winnings, um, but you still want to put yourself in a position where you're winning money no matter what. I mean, that's the reason you make a, a future bet for you know, 10 to yeah. one, 11 or higher is, is to put yourself in a position where you, you win no matter what. So uh, let's talk about that game for a second, because there's going to be narratives galore. Obviously we have a major injury with Justin Moore going down. I mean, Chris, you're the fade, the injury guy. You got to think that people are going to hear this and, and ham, <coughs> hammer Kansas, but, um, your thoughts on the action of this game and what you anticipate. Yeah, I'm seeing, uh, looking now to see like if how lopsided it is, obviously a lot of folks are on Kansas. It's at four and a half and they're wondering if it's going to go up to five, five and a half. It doesn't look so, too yeah. lopsided right now. I mean, it looks like a little 60, 40 publicly on Kansas, mm-hmm. which is about mm-hmm. what you would expect. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's gonna, the, the higher it creeps, you know, it's like you guys say, uh, favorites early dogs late. We'll see yeah. and see if it gets up to five or six and then take it. We could see Villanova, like, uh, Kmart said, hopefully uh, well, you get like, both right. Kansas like, wins money line and Villanova covers. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the smart play because Matt DraftKings as of four hours ago has the bets, 75% on Kansas and 82% of the handle. So very, very square. Uh, so how much does the injury matter? I mean, Neil, you were, you were telling us earlier and reminding us that Nova does not play a ton of guys. They, they kind of rely on their core group. So is this going to matter more for a team like that? And that said, I'm, and I'm with Duke most of the time here. Chris Duke, not the team, um, about fade the injury news we saw, you know, today in the NBA. Um, Mom liked the Celtics today to fade the whole Tatum is out 
and they were catching eight, eight and a half. It went up from like three and a half to eight. It was like a five point move. Five point move. Go Kelly, go. We love you, Kelly. It was a great, it was a great call by her game goes to overtime Celtics lose it by three and OT, you know, I, I saw so there's certainly, I think that there's spots where it's not that meaningful. I, it's just a weird one with Villanova, you know, the text that I sent out in that game against Houston, there were seven players for Villanova that had minutes. And one of those seven was Archie Diakno who only played two, right? So you had seven guys that played minutes and now going into this game against Kansas, if you move that down, like you're taking out one of your biggest guys on a very thinly played team to begin with. Um, so I don't know. And then the other whole thing was, you know, Archie Diacono, not Archie, sorry, Gillespie. Gillespie messes up his knee, you know, against Michigan. And there was some talk whether he was even, you know, how healthy he was going to be for that um, Houston game. And he had an awful game, right? I mean, very un-Connor-like. So you don't know whether that was, you know, the athleticism that he, that Houston presented to him but or if knee- there is something bone with that knee. Now he's got a week to sort of hopefully recover and recoup it. But I tell you, you lose your top two scorers or, you know, you lose your, your second best scorer and more. And if your top scorer is not healthy – I mean, it may be one of those instances that you see the sort of the ramification fairly quickly. But Neil, like, even though he wasn't effective shooting, which nobody in that game was, I mean, he still played how, what, 35 minutes? And he played all the minutes. No, absolutely. He played all the minutes. He made his free throws. But I mean, he had one assist. What I'm I'm going on is the defensive. Like, uh, like, forget offensive. Like, wh- what, what can they do to Kansas to disrupt what they want to do on the interior? Because they want to go inside out, and then they want to feed their. Uh, it's crazy. Those guys inside, McCormick and um, blanking on his name, but man, they're not even that tall. They're just powerful and physical. They destroyed, destroyed right. Miami in the second half. Yeah. It, it was like watching. But Miami's small. Like, I can't believe no team took it. Like SC, I thought was going to, but. Auburn couldn't. Uh, I mean, Iowa State, they're physical, but, you know, they didn't have the size really to to combat it. But finally someone – I mean, just the lobs over the top, these little dinky lobs, and they just <laughs> one bounce up and in. It's kind of funny. Kyle, Ken Palm has a game at one. So yeah. is, is the injury baked into the line in your opinion? Oh, 100%. I mean, it, like for the system, like it, it, it loves – it loves um, Nova. Nova, sorry. yeah. Like, you know, it's been so successful and I've, I I have to, I have to play it. And, you know, luckily that's kind of what I thought on Saturday. I was like, you know what, whenever that line comes out and it sucked, it initially came out at three and a half. So I booked it. And then today I saw four and a half and I was like, yeah, I'm taking that too. (laughs) Well, it should be good. I mean, if you like, you know, schools that do well, Historically, especially recently, I mean, Nova has the two titles in the last few years. Um, when was Kansas's title? 08? Does that sound right? That when they beat Memphis? It's been a minute. I mean, you wouldn't think because... Free throws? Yeah, yeah, because Kansas has been so good. I mean, yeah, because remember, Duke has had a season where they missed the tournament. UNC has had a couple seasons recently 
where they missed the tournament, but Kansas really has been steady for yeah. Bill Self's whole run. Um, so, I mean, shoot, if they, if they finally do it, but there's a lot of pressure on those guys to finally do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, no matter what the championship matchup is, it's going to be, it's going to be outstanding. So lots to look forward to. It's a little bit sad that we have so few games left um, because it has been a fun tournament and we got to pour one out for St. Peter's too. That was a a pretty incredible run. I don't know if we'll see a 15 seed make it to the elite eight again, anytime soon or ever, but a pretty good run for St. Peter's. And unfortunately that game was over about three minutes in yesterday. What's the, what's the the over under on how long that coach stays at St. Pete? Oh, he's gone. Already gone. Already went. Already gone. Yeah. Not, not Xavier. Um, Seton Hall. Seton Hall. Yeah. He's going back to his, that that was his alma mater. No. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I mean, worst kept secret, right? Like you have that kind of success. I mean, good for that guy. He's going to, I mean, at least quadruple his salary at Seton Hall versus St. Peter. So, and I mean, it's a cool story, but the the problem with the Cinderella is when Cinderella gets far enough and plays a team that is physically and just going to completely outmatch them. Saw what happened yesterday. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we lost Chris Duke. His battery died. Uh, so Chris Duke, just for everyone listening, uh, he is the only one who doesn't get on video, and he has a bad phone battery. That's I feel like he's one of those people where his phone is just going to be consistently on like 13%, even if it's 8.30 in the morning. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. And I mean, I came on my iPad, you know, I, I just didn't feel like sitting at my desk. I was there all day. I just, I had to do it from the couch. So everybody at hazmat suit 23 and tell him to figure his shit out. And um, maybe we can get dad to hang in there for the whole pod next time. So speaking of next time, we are going to record later this week with Taylor Mathis going to talk to her about her affinity for NBA props and her love of baseball. And then the fade you podcast. Well, I'll be back. I guess what we'll probably do is record next week on Tuesday, since the national championship is Monday night, unless we want some kind of instant reaction. Uh, But we'll be back with a show later this week. And then we'll be back with a new episode with all the dads uh, early next week, Monday or Tuesday. So look out for that. In the meantime, uh, follow us. We've got a few days left of the Battle of the Dads, and it's going to come down to the wire between the three of us. Uh, Chris Duke, just kind of back and forth. Joe's way down. Jared's way, way down. Uh, But the three of us have a few days left to figure out who can um, really do the best in these last, I guess, three days starting tomorrow. So good luck, guys. Yeah, good luck. Maybe a bigger man win. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it'll be whoever loses the least because it's uh it's, it really will be I mean, man when you're betting on when you're betting on the basketball classic and fucking nba and the nhl it's it's crap shoot man I more than i do the nba that's for sure <laughs> oh my god i don't know how i don't know how people are betting the nba just guys out guys don't care Although I guess there's only a few games left, right? Like if there's, if teams are going to be motivated to try to make the play in <laughs> Lakers, I guess this would be the time to, uh, I God, I hope they miss. I think it would be the most hilarious oh, story. I want them the to last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, would anything be funnier NBA storyline wise in the last, I don't know, three, four years than this Lakers team that traded for Russell Westbrook and all the hype missing the playoffs altogether. Missing the play-in, we can't even finish in the top 10. That would be beyond hilarious. Yeah. 
no, I think I think it, I think you're right. I don't think there's anything better. If, as and that's as a Laker fan, I would love to see them miss completely with and LeBron's put together team. And I think they're technically out of it now since the Spurs. Spurs won. won. <laughs> yeah. Holy. Oh shit. man! And what the six games left? Something like that. They got eight, I believe. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they got probably two weeks worth of games left, man. Six of them. Jeez. All right. I don't, if they don't win four, I don't see them getting in. I don't see how. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out and listening. Uh, follow us on the Twitter at Fade you Sports. Follow me at Matthew James 78. Kyle at Kmart's underscore angles. Neil at Big Nelly Buckets. And then uh, we'll tweet out the rest of the guys. And we'll be back uh, later this week with Taylor. And then we'll be back after the national championship game with everybody else. So uh, maybe Kyle, just remind everybody what happens sometimes if you bet on poop. You might just slip in it and get your face stuck with some wrinkly dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. This is fake.